Good morning and welcome to Behind the Roar, a podcast created to give our listeners a behind-the-scenes look at Southline High School out of Southline, Michigan. Behind the Roar is affiliated with Southline's newspaper, The Lines Roar. You can check out our online pieces at linelife.org. That's L-Y-L-N-L-I-F-E.org. I'm your host, Allie Firstenaugh, and today I have Southline High School senior Kenzie Pagels with me as my co-host. And as a senior, I look forward to starting a new chapter in my life in education. That being said, I know that many high school students, myself included, want to know what it's like being a college student prior to the first day of school. Kenzie, who do we have here today with us? Today we're joined by two South Lyon High School alumni, Evelyn Arnold, a, a sophomore at University of Kentucky, and Abby Martin, a freshman at Hope College, which is located in Holland, Michigan. We put out a poll on social media asking teenagers what questions they have pertaining to adulthood and college, and some of those questions will be featured in today's discussion. Thank you for joining us here today on Behind the Roar. Let's start by saying that college is not for everyone and nothing that says you can't be successful without a college education. What personal goals and aspirations led you both to becoming college students? So this is kind of a hard question because both my parents went to college, so it wasn't really like an option for me. They're basically like, you're going to college. But after actually being in it, there's a lot of things that I've learned along the way, like self-responsibility, making my own decisions, um, kind of living my life on my own that my parents could never really give me because I've been under their roof the whole time. Um, along with that, I'm PA, so if I tried to get a job in the medical field without a college degree, like that just wouldn't happen, so. Um, kind of adding on to what Evelyn said, both of my parents went to college too. So it was just kind of something I've always known, but I have learned more about myself and like what I'm capable of and the things that I'm passionate about like through being a college student. And similar to Evelyn, I'm pursuing a social work degree. So getting a job without a degree in that field is again, just like something that you can't do. So college was very important. I kind of like how you mentioned that since both of your parents went to college, that was just kind of like an expectation in your life, because there are a lot of kids whose parents didn't go to college and they're kind of on this track, not really knowing what to expect, not really knowing what that college experience is going to look like. Um, and I also think that there are a lot of kids who's, who college, that's not just, that's just not the right fit for them. And they can go into other fields that don't require a college education and they can still be extremely successful. Um, so kind of what about college itself has transformed you into a different person and how does a college edu education open more doors for you? So for me, especially being out of state, there's, like I said, like the self-responsibility, having to do a lot of things on my own has definitely shaped me into who I am today. Um, but again, being in the medical field, like having this medical program at UK and all the networking and stuff that it gives me, I honestly don't think I could have that if I didn't pursue a college degree. So there's just a lot of resources there, depending on the field that you wanna go into, that just opens a lot of more doors. I think in a way too, like just being in college, like the education kind of almost means more to me, just because it's something that I'm pursuing and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm passionate about. I want to be here even though you know I'm still having to do all this work and it can feel a little crazy at times, but it's like, I wanna be here and this is what I wanna do with my life. So it just is more exciting. And then um, just like the things that I've learned again, are just like how to take care of yourself when you're away from home, because I still am in state, but I'm far enough away from home to where it feels like I'm on my own. And so being able to like take care of myself and um, just be a little bit more responsible and independent is definitely like changed how I see myself and like just the way that I do things so so I know this is like a new opportunity for both of you but did you guys prepare yourself in any way for the college experience I will say that um being a freshman this year is completely different from what being a freshman in college looks like so in a way like I prepare myself for having more homework and, you know, like longer classes in a way, because I do have some classes that are longer than what they were in high school um, and like a different schedule, new people, but still like going to college during COVID is completely different than what I thought it would be. So in a way it's like I prepare myself, but I kind of also had to go in with zero expectation. 
So Evelyn, you actually went to college before COVID happened. So you did have a normal college experience. Um, what was that like and how is that different from what it is like now? It is completely different and it's so sad, honestly. Um, there's just so much structure to it and your day is just so full with like meeting new people and being able to go to all these classes and use all the resources that you're paying for. So now, I mean, I'm still able to use some of the facilities, but it's a lot of on your own and a lot of the freshmen now that are in college, like Abby, like she doesn't even have the full college experience. And I hate, like, I hate to say that because you still are in college and it's still great and it's a great time, but like, there's so much more to it. Even like just the structure of it, I miss. It's like, just completely different. <laughs> you know, and I'm so sorry you both have to go through this. I know for us, for us seniors, it is so difficult, um, you know, having our last year being taken from us, but, I also don't want to be on the other side of that. Like this is me starting my future in this format. So I, I can't even imagine what you guys have to go through. Um, and I'm so sorry you have to go through that. Um, kind of going on to a different subject, Evelyn, you mentioned that you chose to go to school out of state, which is a huge transition. And I just want to know what made you decide to enroll at University of Kentucky and why did you decide that going out of state was the best option for you? So this is probably one of my favorite questions because after I answer it, like I realize there's a lot of reasons why I chose to go. So it makes me really happy about my decision. But probably one of my favorite ones is that my grandpa actually went to UK. So he kind of forced me to apply in the first place, even though I wasn't even thinking about going out of state. Like I was planning on going to U of M. But after I applied there, I ended up getting an academic scholarship to go down there. So I was like, okay, like I'll take a tour, like I'll see. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. And I mean, it's all personal preference when you're deciding where to go to school. But for me, UK is like everything that you could want in a big school and everything that you could want in a small school. So in terms of like a big school, it's SEC. So you have like UK basketball, you have the huge medical campus, which is super great for me because again, I'm pre-PA. So all those hospitals on campus is super great. You have the downtown Lexington, the huge college campus. So it kind of feels like U of M, Ann Arbor sort of deal. But on the flip side, this like, this surprised a lot of people. It's the same size as Grand Valley. So I looked that up the other day, like I, I'm not, I'm not lying. But now, like obviously as a freshman, it felt huge to me. Like I didn't know anybody. But now that I have all those connections, whether it be like the professors that I've had, the classes that I've taken, my own major, or like even Greek life, there's so many odd connections that I have with so many people and it's starting to feel a lot smaller. So especially being out of state, that's a really great feeling. So I'm really happy that I chose UK and like going out of state, it's a whole different experience and I'm really enjoying it. So Evelyn, since you are out of state, is there anything that you kind of miss from being in South Lyon? Like has being in UK restricted you from seeing your family or like doing things that you would normally do if you were back in at home? At, yeah, there's a lot of things actually. Um, there's a ton of people at UK that are in-state. There's not a lot of out-of-state people, so they go home a lot. It's kind of called like a suitcase campus. So every weekend there's a lot of people that like pack up and go home. And that happened a lot last year but now that COVID's a thing there's a lot of people that need to stay back or people that just go home in general and like don't even come back so it's a little bit weird having to adjust to that and like being okay with the fact like okay like I can't go home this weekend like the only time that I can't go home is big breaks and that's fine um I also miss um Coney Islands I, like I hate to say it but like it's it's not a thing I like I keep mentioning it to people down here and they, they don't know what it is and it breaks my heart but it's, I'm, I'm getting used to it <laughs> that's really funny because I didn't even know that I thought that was just like a widespread thing I didn't know that was just here um so since you chose to go to like you said a school kind of similar to Ann Arbor um I know a lot of people myself included are kind of afraid of that big school atmosphere because we're in small town South Lyon you know everybody knows each other you came from South Lyon small town um what would you say to kids who are a little bit more fearful for going on a big campus it is so easy to make a big school small there's 
so many different things that like I mean in high school you can join a bunch of different clubs but like take that like times 10 when you join college like there's so many places that you can like find yourself and find a little community so even in like a small school like it's it's so easy to like find your group and I mean it takes a minute like I, I took a long time freshman year to like kind of like kind of find that place that I fit but once you find that it's going to make the school feel really small. Thank you for sharing that with us. And on the flip side, Abby, you stayed in Michigan, but at a very small private university. So what about Hope College appealed to you as opposed to some of the other schools that we have in Michigan? And why did you choose to go to a private university? Um, so I was actually considering Liberty University, which is a huge like D1. It's also a Christian school, but like a huge D1 school. Um, and I liked it a lot there. I thought it was, you know, campus was pretty and stuff, but Hope, I don't know, something about it, just like, it's a smaller school, yes, but like every single one of my professors has like made an effort to get to know me on a personal level. And so that was something that I loved because when I have good relationships, like with my professors or my teachers, I think I thrive um, in my academics more. And I liked that it was, on the west side of Michigan because it's so pretty here and I liked that it was again like still in state but far enough away from home where I do feel like I'm on my own and there's a lot to do they have so many things to get involved in which I mean I'll learn a little bit more about that eventually hopefully next year <laughs> but um, they have a lot to get involved in and just the people here are just amazing like everyone is so nice to each other you walk past each other and even though we have a mask on you're still waving and saying hi like you might not even know them but I just love the atmosphere here yeah so I actually applied there this year and like I'm just so impressed with like the administration and obviously I don't go there but like almost every single week I'll get something in the mail like handwritten from them or they'll send me an email email and just ask me how I'm doing I've gotten texts from people there saying you should join this text group, like, how are you doing? How's senior year? And it just, so, like, it's, like, so impressive because it's, like, I'm just one person. You're reaching out to me. I'm, I'm very impressed, and I'm so happy that you are happy there. Do you know any people that are there that aren't super religious, that have kind of found religion? So the really cool thing about Hope is that they do not force any of their, like, religious aspects onto you. So Liberty, that was one thing that was different. Um, they required you to go to these things called convocation, which is like a church service, but they also bring in speakers from around the world. Here at Hope, everything's optional. So I liked that part too, because it was like, okay, if I'm gonna go to this church service, I'm gonna be with people who want to be there. And so the thing is, in a way it's like, okay, there's definitely influence and you can tell like in the classes, they'll relate a lot of things back to um, just like a Christian mindset, but, they definitely, they do not force it at all. If you want to pursue your faith, they'll encourage you through it, but um, they're not like, this is the only way. If you don't do this, then why are you here? And it is cool because the like group of friends that I have now, um, there's a couple of us that are like actively pursuing our faith. And then there's a couple of us who just are like, I'm just here. And it's just a cool atmosphere to be here and know that like, okay, yeah, this is considered a Christian college, but there's just a variety of different people and not everybody here is going to be, you know, pursuing a faith. But if you are interested, it's something that's extremely encouraged and you feel like you have a lot of support behind. I didn't know Hope was, was like that because at a lot of universities, like they force you to take Christian classes. You have to do this, you have to do that. And that does kind of turn a lot of people away from Christian universities, but I'm that's really good to hear that hope encourages you, but doesn't force you because, you know, being a Christian myself, I would love to go to a Christian university, but like my, one of my, both of my parents actually went to Siena Heights, which is a, which is a Catholic university, and they were forced to take certain classes and, which I'm totally fine with, but I also don't want religion like forced on my throat. Like I want to be able to pursue my faith on my own terms um, and like be really involved in it and be really engaged in it. And I think that's, that's really cool that you've had that experience there. So since you did choose Hope, um, when you were looking at Liberty, I know it's in Virginia. So is it kind of, 
what's, what's the size of the school compared to Hope? And is there anything that made Hope stand out? Does, did the size of the school like determine your decision? Um, I definitely did not initially think I was going to go to a smaller school. I wanted to go to a bigger school because I was like, okay, new people, like so many different things to get involved in. Um, but Liberty, yeah, so Liberty is a big school. They have like tens of thousands of students where Hope has 3,000. And so it's one of those things um, where I was like, okay, yeah, I don't necessarily think I'm going to go to a smaller school, but I chose it purely based on their like intentionality like Allie was talking about I always felt like my fear going to a big school is that I would feel like just a number and not like an actual like student and like from the get-go at Hope yes it is smaller but every like admissions rep I talked to or professor that I had meetings with just to ask questions or even students that I got to know through the grapevine of just applying and touring they always like my tour guide would still check in on me after my tour, met her once, she was really sweet. Um, but so just knowing that there was like, I just felt really wanted here and not like I was kind of jumping into something. But yes, it was unfamiliar because it's a whole new phase of life, but it just felt familiar and it felt like home. We're so happy for you and we're so happy that you made a decision that makes you happy. Um, kind of going into a different topic, this question is for either of you. Um, how did you choose your major? And is it something that you expected that you were going to do? Or did you kind of figure out after you got there? So I kind of always knew that I wanted to do something medical. So when I was a freshman, I chose to go biochem. And I realized early on that that probably wasn't for me. So I switched over to human health sciences on the pre-PA route. So with that being said, it a lot of people have a weird stigma about switching their majors. So when I knew that I wanted to pursue a medical career, I decided to go biochem because I assumed that the most like strenuous, like crazy hard major would make me stand out. And after taking the classes, like I could do it, but there was not any other things that I could spend my time on. So even when you're applying to like these grad schools, not even medical, but something further on, they're looking for like community things. Like, have you made your part in your college? Have you done volunteer work? Just different things like that where you're spending your time not just on academics. So definitely pick a major that obviously you're excited about, you think that you have a passion for, but it's okay to change it. I know people that have changed it like four or five times and not saying, not saying you should do that, but it's okay to like bounce around and like figure out what you like, figure out what you don't like, because you'll figure that out pretty early on. Yeah, talking to some of my friends who are also seniors, you know, they're still kind of in the process of like, I have no idea what major I should choose. And I'm terrified that I'm going to pick the wrong one and then I'm going to have to be in college for longer than, you know, how, however long I planned. Um, but I'm really glad that you mentioned that you don't necessarily need the most strenuous major um, because you also don't want to take away from if you are, you know, living on campus, you don't want to take away from that college experience as well. And just being a good student isn't always enough. And I'm also glad that you mentioned that, you know, volunteering is important and getting involved on campus, maybe being in a um, sorority or fraternity. Um, those types of things are important. And I also want to be, I want to be a doctor. Um, and kind of, I guess, the stigma around um, a pre-med major, even though that's not a major, but being a pre-medical student is, you know, biochem, as you said, um, biology, chemistry, you know, like the big science classes that, you know, everybody's kind of afraid of because they are so strenuous. Um, but I've been talking to people who are doctors or who are medical students that say, that's not even really necessarily true and you don't need to do that. Um, medical schools are looking for diversity and I'm sure it's probably the same with PA if that's what that's what you're going into. Um, so yeah just like finding a major that like you're really set on that actually interests you because you also do want to have a backup plan if you know say you don't get into the graduate school you want so you need you need to work for a few years before you actually get into that graduate program. So I'm really happy you mentioned that. Um, Abby what about you? What made you decide your major? Um, kind of like Evelyn, I knew, I just kind of knew 
like I've always been interested in a job that could help people, but I just, I can't do the medical field. I don't necessarily have the stomach for it. Um, but I love being relational with people and being able to like form um, just like a bond with people and having good conversations. And so I looked into social work um, just cause I was hearing it through the grapevine was some of the people that I knew it. And I was like, wait, this is actually really interesting and something that I would really enjoy doing. Um, and now like, even being a freshman, I'm still not 100% sure if that's what I'll do. It's what I'm interested in at the moment. Um, and so there is like a potential possibility that, um, that I'll change it later down the road. But as of right now, like I can still take classes. I'm taking a couple different classes that aren't necessarily social work classes just to kind of keep my options open because I am interested in other things. But right now, like social work is just something that I'm excited about. And even though it is a little scary because you don't necessarily make a ton of money in this field, it's something that I'm passionate about. And that's a big reason why I did choose it is because I'm like, okay, yeah, I might not make as much as an engineer, but it's a job I know I'm going to enjoy doing. So for those um, high school seniors who still are undecided about their major, do you think it's okay that they sort of, look into a major and then take classes and then realize that they don't want to do it anymore because i know my mom in college she wanted to work um, she wanted to be a special ed major and she took classes and did internships and she just realized that she wasn't for her so do you have any advice about changing your major and is it okay to change your major if you're not 100 percent set on what you thought you would be um talk to your academic advisor that is so overlooked. Like, it's, it's totally okay to pick a major at first. Like, okay, like I'm kind of into this and I'll just see how it goes. But as soon as you're feeling doubtful about that and you're not super into it, get on the phone with your academic advisor. Cause they won't like, if you don't want to switch it right away and you still want to like figure things out, they'll give you other classes where you're like, okay, like if you're into this, like maybe you can go into social work or maybe you can go into like, English journalism, like whatever, like they'll give you like little hints and tastes about what they think you might like without you having to make a full switch. But on the other hand, it's totally okay to switch your major and you're going to figure that out, like if you're into it or not pretty early on. So like I said, I've known people that have done it like four or five times. So it's totally okay. And you'll figure it out pretty early on. Um, yeah. And going off of that, like my dad went to college to be a marine biologist, started getting through the chemistry, realized he couldn't do it, and now he has a degree in economics. So he did make like a complete 180 switch, but again, he was like, you have to talk to people. You have to, especially those academic advisors, like that for me helped me schedule um, my classes for this semester because I was like, okay, here's all these things that I'm interested in. I think I want to do social work, but I kind of want to keep my options open because I'm not too sure. And they just helped me. They're like, okay, take this because you would probably be interested in this. You're thinking kinesiology for a minor. Okay, here, take this class. Like, you know, so definitely getting in touch with those academic advisors. But I would say it's okay to um, like switch your major. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid of it. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say. So if you do start having those doubts and you do feel like, okay, maybe this isn't for me, that's completely normal because sometimes you're not really necessarily going to figure that out until you start getting involved in it. And then when that does happen, it's okay to make a switch. So many people switch their major and I feel like it's not nearly, not talked about nearly as much. So I wouldn't be afraid of it. If you don't know what you wanna do necessarily right away, that's okay. And if you decide on one thing and it turns out to be completely different, that's okay too. That is honestly a huge relief um, because I still am decided. I'm still trying to figure out, okay, what's going to, make me happy, but what's also going to get me to that next step in graduate school? Um, what are they looking for? Um, so that's that's been a really hard process, um, but also kind of moving in a different direction. Um, going to a different location and leaving home is extremely intimidating for a lot of people. Um, some people, they're really open to it and really excited, and other people, it's, it's a big transition and they're not ready for it. Um, are there any unexpected challenges um, that you had to encounter that you didn't necessarily expect? Obviously, COVID is one of them, but just other normal, unexpected challenges that came with being a college student. Honestly, I think besides like 
being out of state was like a complete challenge on its own, but it's honestly the self-responsibility because I am trying to remember like how it was in high school, but just even teachers like reminding you all the time, like, okay, like this is due Friday. This is due then. This is like, you can do this if you want to do this. Like this is your extra credit and stuff. Like that's not given to you <laughs> at all. And you kind of realize early on, like, okay, like I can go do whatever I want. Like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, like I can go out whenever I want. I can do things with my friends. I cannot worry about homework and no one's going to say anything. Like no one, no one cares if you don't want to do your homework, if you don't want to study or do anything, it's all, it's all on you. So you have to have, especially, especially during COVID where there's not a lot of structure, like a lot of my lectures are asynchronous and I can kind of pick and choose when I do class, when I don't do class. So you kind of need to be really hard on yourself. And that was something that I wasn't super used to because in high school, it's kind of all given to you in structure and you kind of need to make that yourself. <laughs> so since obviously you don't have that parent aspect at college with you, so how different is it? And for those people who are scared about, you know, like establishing responsibility, what advice would you give to them? And do you think it's important for especially high school seniors to practice responsibilities, you know, like just small things like doing laundry, dishes, do you think it's important for them to do it early on instead of jumping ahead first and realizing they have all these responsibilities after they get to college? A hundred percent, especially with like the laundry and the doing your dishes and stuff. If you haven't started doing that yet, start. <laughs> like I, I met plenty of people in my dorm at school that have like, I've never done my laundry before. And like, I don't know how to cook. And like, what are you doing? Like you, you know, like you need to get on that. And it's kind of more of like being afraid of failure. That's another thing that I've noticed with a lot of people, like even people that I have class with this year, they were struggling with something in one of their classes. And I'm like, Oh, just email your professor. They're like, Oh no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like the amount of times that you need to like reach out for help and ask people in your classes, like start group chats, make like reach out to your professors, go to their office hours. If you want to be successful <laughs> with things, you need to be responsible for your own. You need to be responsible for your own success. And that's kind of why I almost think in a way this pandemic has kind of been a blessing because we have had to reach out more than ever because we're not seeing our teachers every day. Um, we're only seeing them for a two hour block and then it's like, okay, off the Google Meet and now I'm just here at my desk by myself. Um, so I think for the most part, we have kind of learned how to do that and, you know, advocate for ourselves. Um, and another thing I think is cool is I'm currently taking reading and writing for the college bound. Shout out to Ms. Hoffman. Um, we're doing all of these like adulthood challenges. So like every week you have to, you know, do a different thing, cook for your family, you know, shop on a budget. And I think that is so cool. And in a way, I almost think that class should be required because it's like, if you're going into college, obviously, well, even if you're an adult, like you still need to do these things. Um, I think that is so cool because I wouldn't necessarily know how to shop on a budget because just like, well, my parents always get these things and that's just kind of a staple in my life. And we don't realize how much things cost, especially when we don't have a career. Um, and I think that's, that, I think that's really cool that she's doing that for us. Um, and also establishing that sense of responsibility early on is important and you don't need to start as a senior, start as early as possible, obviously, while you still are under your parents' roof so that you have, you know, if you don't know how to do something, you can still reach out and ask for help. Um, and there isn't as much risk there. So what would you advise high school students, not even just seniors right now, to start doing to help them prepare for adulthood in college? Um, I would say plan out your week. Like just keep track of each week and each assignment and just go day by day. Like sit down and be like, okay, here's what I know is due this week. Here's what my schedule looks like, especially for high schoolers. Like I'm working these days, I've practiced these days. Sit down with it, look at your time and block out, okay, I can get this done on this day, this done on this day, this done on this day. Because in college, like people are still working, people are still involved in clubs and activities and stuff. So Planning out your week is super important because it helps you just stay on top of things. And it also makes you aware of the time that you do have, 
especially free time, even though, you know, it doesn't always necessarily feel like you have a lot of free time in high school, I remember, but um, you do, and you will realize it when you sit down and plan out your week, and it just keeps you organized, um, and then definitely start doing your own laundry. You should definitely know how to do your own laundry by the time you get here, um, and then just, I think, you guys, your class has an advantage, like you were talking about, um, when it comes to reaching out to professors. But just start asking your teachers more questions. Start getting comfortable with saying, hey, I need help with this. Can you help me? Because college is hard. You're going to take hard classes and you need that support. So just learning now how to ask questions and ask for help when you do need it is so important. So it's something that I still struggle with because I'm like, oh, I don't wanna be looked at as like weak or I'm not understanding it, but it is so important. So I would say start practicing that habit now um, would probably be a good idea. Going off of that, what Abby was saying about reaching out to professors, they really enjoy that. And it makes you stand out, even if it, it's not even that you're showing a weakness, it's showing that you care. So if you take the time out of your day to email and be like, hey, like, can I schedule a meeting with you? Like, I'm not understanding this. They remember your face. They have thousands and thousands of students. Well, I mean, it, it's different for wherever you go, but in a bigger university, they have thousands and thousands of students. So they remember the ones, the hundred of them, the small group that take the time to show that they care to reach out. And I like even if you're not having that much of a struggle, I would reach out and try and make a relationship early on because you're going to need those letters of recommendation later. You're going to need like if you want to be in a class that has like X amount of students in it and you want an in, you're going to reach out to that professor and like he'll remember you. So that's it's super helpful in so many different ways. I like that you said it's not showing weakness because I think that's something that a lot of us kind of feel. Um, especially when we're in a class, maybe like a higher level class where everybody seems like they know what they're doing. And it's like, well, I don't want to look like the one person who doesn't know what's going on. But in reality, there's probably a lot of other kids that also are kind of lost that also need help, but aren't taking the time to reach out. Um, so thank you for saying that, because I think a lot of high schoolers need to hear that. Not even just high school, but whoever's listening to this, like even just, just reaching out for help in general is not showing weak weakness. It is showing that you really care. And when you're pursuing um, a career, and obviously this is part of your future, reaching out for help and making sure that you're staying on top of everything to get to that next step in your education or get a next step, get that, get to that next step in your life is so important and reaching out for help is never a sign of weakness. Um, so kind of going in a different direction here, what was a work, what is the workload like in college and how does that compare to high school? Is it a drastic change? Do you have less now, more now? It really depends on your major. Like, honestly, there's, I mean, nothing, nothing against any major here, but one of my roommates is in business and one of my other roommates is nursing. So my one roommate who's nursing is gone like eight hours during the day. We never see her because she's taking classes and she's doing her clinicals and she's busy. And then now that it's COVID, my roommate that's business, she's like gone to Target, comes back, takes class, goes and like watches a show takes a nap like I mean and that's totally fine but it really depends on the major that you have but especially last year when I kind of had the normal or like first and half a second semester it is a world of difference because you're out all day you're taking classes and when you're not taking classes you don't have enough of a break to like go back to your dorm so you go to the library or you go get lunch with some friends you sit down and you do homework like you're basically grinding all day for the most part, but it's kind of fun because you have that social aspect where you're able to like meet people in your classes and you're kind of like, even if it's not school, it's still school in a way, but it, it's definitely different than high school because you don't have that set like, okay, now school is done. It's kind of like when school is done, when your classes are done, you still go to the library and you like keep down doing your stuff. So with your assignments, like I know in high school, obviously we have stuff that's due like every week or every couple days, and then we'll have like projects or tests. How is the grading there? Like I know it's probably different for 
the majors, but how is the grading? And do you guys have like assignments or do you have just like essays to write? Like what is graded and how does the grading work? It depends on the class. Um, each class is completely different, but there are classes where like, I'm in a world music class because Hope is a liberal arts college. So you have to take a couple art credits. Um, and so I've, for each class, we have to have um, the questions from the end of the chapter prepared and ready to discuss. So that would be something that's like an assignment where it's due this day in class. But on top of that, we also have an essay that's due next week. We have an exam that's coming up. So it just, it depends on the class. Um, my psychology class has a practicum. So that's something that I'm constantly working on um, and going along with. So it's basically like a semester long project that you're constantly attending to on top of, again, your stuff that might be due in class or the other essays or tests or quizzes or exams, so. Um, for a lot of my class, it does really depend on the class, but a lot of my classes that I've had recently are formatted. Um, they're like Mr. Davis's classes. If you know how he does the exams and that's basically all your grade, which is a scary thing, but it's also nice because you can spend a lot of your time studying. Um, other than that, it's a lot of discussion boards in my classes. So it's just having to like put in your two cents, so. And I think that can sound really scary to a lot of people that like you constantly have things overlapping. It's not like a set, you know, here's what's due this day, here's what's due that day. Um, so again, going back to what we said before, like having a planner, writing everything down. Um, are you just like given a syllabus at the beginning that says like what things are due on what day or do they tell you like when they give this to you, okay, this is due next week and then just like not remind you or like how does that kind of work? Your syllabus is your best friend. It has everything you need to know, every due date, every policy, every grading scale. It is literally your best friend. So honestly, I would say sit down with your syllabus and just plan out your week every single week. And the nice thing about college, nice thing, but maybe also can be a little scary is due dates don't really change ever. So you know, for the most part, like, okay, this is what's going on. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I've made that mistake before last year. Um, I emailed one of my professors asking a question about something and he only responded, he goes, check the syllabus period. So like it's on there. So what I do is I take all my syllabi, yeah, that, yeah, syllabi and I look at all the exam dates, look at all the assignment dates and I like color code. I have a big calendar that I keep on my desk and I go through each class and I just write down the major due dates because you are gonna need those and don't email your professors about due dates before you check the syllabus. That's all I can say. <laughs> so I know obviously you guys are super busy. Um, I don't know if you're as busy as you were now, especially you Evelyn, just because of COVID, but um, what, either one of you can answer this, but what does a typical school day look like for either of you? Okay, I'm gonna do my Mondays. So, <laughs> So last year, my Mondays looked like I, let me see if I can remember this. I'd wake up in my dorm, I'd go to my 8 a.m., and then I had a 9 a.m. right after that, and then I'd have a break. So I'd sit in that building that I was in, and I'd catch up on some homework, and then I had a lab that was like three hours long. It was like a chem lab or something, and then I'd go, and I'd meet some friends, and I'd eat lunch, and then I'd have one more class, and then I'd go to the library, finish up whatever I had to do. I'd go back, I'd get um, dinner with my roommates, I'd go back to my dorm for a second, and then I had meetings with like clubs and stuff. Now, my Mondays are, I wake up, I have one synchronous 8 a.m. lecture in my apartment, <laughs> and then I get in my car and I drive to the library, and I finish like a couple of my classes, and then I'm done at like two, and then I'll probably like work out and then have my meetings that are all on Zoom and then I'm done. So the big difference is I don't have that like 15 minute period of like walking between classes and stuff. So I get a lot of stuff done earlier and it's also all on my terms. So 
with things being asynchronous, I think it's really important because I don't, I don't know how it's going to be for you guys next year, but if you do have asynchronous lectures, like you really need to plan it out how you want it to be because you could put it all off until Friday if you wanted to, or you could crank it all in Monday and not really retain anything. So that's super hard because there's, again, there's no structure there. And like, I, I feel like I sound like a broken record, but it's a lot of self-responsibility. Like I only have one synchronous lecture and it's 8 a.m. on Mondays. Whereas opposed to Monday last year, I was going, 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 going until five. And I was all in person and it felt like, I'm sorry, I, I, sound, I sound like such a broken record. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's all on your own basically. And I've just heard so many people like high school students say, well, yeah, this is how I am now, but I'm just gonna like change in college. Like I'm gonna really get on myself, whatever. Okay, but that doesn't, that doesn't just happen. You can't just like go from zero to a hundred, just like that. Um, which is why I'm like really trying to advocate that people start like making a planner now and have self-responsibility and really get on top of their studies and email people if they have questions. And because you can't, like you could both tell us that like you can't just change your entire, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like your work habits, you can't change all of that in, in a snap. You have to work for that and you have to develop that over time because it doesn't just come naturally. Um, so you both talked about creating new friendships and finding your group of people. Um, where did you meet most of your closest college friends? Um, what did that come in like your major, your clubs, your dorm, Greek life? Where did that come from? So being um, a freshman during COVID, it definitely has been challenging to meet people. But most of my close friends now are all people that live on the same floor as me. So definitely, like, I would recommend keeping your door open <laughs> those first couple weeks or even couple months of school. Like, no matter where you, like, if you're living in a dorm, I would definitely keep your door open because people just talk and just want to get to know you. Um, I also have met people through my classes. I joined a Bible study on Hope's campus, which is exciting. So I've met some great girls through that. And I'm currently rushing, so I'm meeting people through that. Um... Yeah, same thing. I met a lot of my friends on my same floor. I actually, freshman year, I was in an LLP. So it's like a living learning program type thing. So I was in one for STEM majors. So one of my best friends now, she was the same major as me and she lived like right around the corner. So we had all of our classes together, which was super nice. Um, other than that, I have um, a lot of friends that I have in like pre-PA club and I'm also in a sorority that I joined this year and I've met a ton of girls on that that I'm, those are currently like my good group of friends. I know some people in, um, that are graduating high school, they definitely try and choose their school based on where their friends are going and they'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm going here because so-and-so is going here. But do you think that, like, did you guys have any friends that you knew before and then you just ended up going to the same school or did you meet them all there and just create new friendships, whether it be in sports, jobs, I don't know if you guys work, but anything, like, did you mostly meet your closest friends at your university? never pick a school based on where your friends are going that like it's hard like when I first went to UK there like there's no one from South Lyon that went there so I would see all my friends at Michigan State or Grand Valley and I'm like oh no like they're having such a great time like that sucks but I've met all my closest friends at school and it's such a great feeling because like a like I did it on my own and they're like the people that I want to be around so it's kind of a cool feeling like when you're by yourself and you're like meeting all these people, like you attract the people that you want to attract. So I'd say a don't pick a school based on where your friends are going. And at, like, honestly, just be yourself because I've met so many great people down at UK, but on top of that, but my roommate's actually from Northville, Michigan. And I didn't know her until 
I went to UK. And then my other roommate's also from Northville, Michigan, because they went to high school together. So you get weird connections like that. Like, it feels like home, but not not because I made it that way. Like, yeah, you get my point. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think you close a lot of doors when you just decide to go where your friends are going because you're you're not allowing yourself to grow and you're not allowing yourself to meet new people and you know, just see what you truly are interested in because you're just following the crowd. Um, and I know meeting people is scary to a lot of people, myself included. Um, I'm not really good with just reaching out on my own and saying, hey, let's chat, let's be friends. I know that's not how it works, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not very good with um, kind of meeting new people. Um, but I know I need to because I can't just keep the same people um, that I've known my entire life because that's closing so many doors for me and we all have different futures and different goals for ourselves and surrounding the people surrounding yourself with people who not necessarily are on the same path as you but you know maybe have the same work habits as you and people who are making you feel like yeah this is what I want to do and I'm, I'm on the right path who are really supporting you and um, they're you know they're that foundation for you throughout college I think is really important and um, Obviously, it's okay to, you know, go into college knowing some people. That makes the transition a lot easier, of course. But, yeah, I know a lot of people who are like, well, I want to go to Grand Valley because my entire group of friends is going there. Okay, people change, and you're probably not going to have that same group of friends. Um, it was just like middle school to high school. You know, you had your little set group of friends, and then everybody kind of changes, and you lose those friends, um, which can be hard. But it's necessary. It's part of growth. And, um, yeah, just opening your doors to meeting new people and trying new things is really important too. Yeah, I feel like it comes down to like, what do you think is more important, like friendships or your future? Like you can't, you can't really have both, I feel like. Evelyn, I know you are in a sorority. Um, how has that changed your college experience? And would you recommend being in a sorority? I love my sorority. My sorority is great. I actually rushed this year, so it was super weird. I decided to rush during COVID. Rush is when you, it's when you're deciding what sorority to go to. So you're going to like each house and there's like different rounds and you're kind of picking and choosing what you like and what you don't like. And they're kind of doing the same thing. So I did that this year. And I honestly recommend that for a lot of people, if they don't know, if they want to do Greek life, because it really isn't for everybody. I, like, I wasn't convinced that it was for me all through freshman year, but I decided to do it and I love it, but it is for like an acquired taste. So I would definitely take, like Abby's rushing in the spring right now. So you'd had that time your first semester to kind of figure out like your group of friends already and I think it's kind of a bad idea to base it on like your sorority or your fraternity. Like you got to branch out and you got to have different groups of people. But besides that, the sorority has been really great. I decided to do it for like networking. So finding new people that are in my major, finding people that want to pursue the same career as me and like a philanthropy sort of aspect. So philanthropy is like um, make a wish or different like organizations that you're helping. Ours is domestic violence. So we're able to go like once a month to a domestic violence facility and volunteer there. And it's just a really great experience. So there's a lot of different things besides just the social aspect. And that was kind of the last reasons why I chose to do it, but it's benefited me in so many different ways. So I do recommend it, but I recommend also to wait and see if you think that it's for you because it's a lot of time and it's a lot of money and it like you, you just got to see if it's going to benefit you or not. Um, I think that people don't really acknowledge the side of being in a sorority or fraternity that requires you know doing volunteer work. I think the stigma is just like oh party group oh this is a social group oh they're the group that does this but they don't really mention the fact that you are you know, going outside and you are helping other people, um, which I think is really cool because there's a lot of people who are like, well, I don't want to be in a sorority because that's like not my, that's not my environment. That's not what it is entirely about. Um, so what type of person would you think should consider being in a sorority or fraternity? And then what types of people should probably refrain from it? I think that a sorority is definitely for the social 
type of person, a sorority or a fraternity, obviously. Um, but at the same time, I Greek life in itself is definitely for the more social person, but I wouldn't do it based on just having a social life. There's so many other ways that you can find your people um, besides just doing Greek life. And I honestly think that that would be a mistake. I don't really know who it's not for. Because I know, I know plenty of people that are like not as social that are in one. It honestly depends on the one you choose. And it, it depends on the school that you go to, honestly. Because I said that UK was pretty small. It's like Grand Valley size. And the sizes of sororities and fraternities at Grand Valley are like 25 girls a pledge class. My pledge class is over 100 girls. And pledge class is like the round of girls like that semester that come in. But that makes it like the amount of people that are in Greek life in my college compared to other ones is like crazy. So it's not that I felt like I had to do it, but there's so many things that surround Greek life here compared to other places that I felt like it would be a good opportunity for me to network and do different things. So it really depends on how social you want to be, like what you plan on doing with it, and also the university that you go to. So for those who are looking to join a sorority and they're not as social, there are certain sororities for those type of people? Totally. I'd, I'd say mine is kind of along those lines too. Like the one that I'm in, I'm in um, Alpha Chi Omega here, and it's super chill. It like very like out there people like it's very chill the girls are super nice but it's not that you have to be the most social person in the room it's not that you need to be like the social butterfly like plenty of girls in my sorority that I hang out with are just kind of just kind of there they're super great girls but they don't need to be super loud super obnoxious super in your face it like it's different from every house that you go to but it like you you find the one that you want to be a part of pretty early on. And like, that's what I would say because I'm currently rushing. So I'm trying to figure out which one's going to be the best fit for me. Um, but the thing about like rush is you can go through it and then decide it's not for you too. So there's so many different opportunities for you to just like test the waters, I guess, because right now I'm going to like open and closed meetings from different groups that I'm interested in and it'll help me narrow it down and be like, okay, maybe, this group of girls, they're great people. They might not be for me, but this group over here, they're for me. And so I guess I would say like, as someone who is rushing and has like a potential interest, if you're interested in it, try it out because you could try it out and absolutely hate it. Or you could try it out and be like, okay, yeah, this is for me. That's really nice that, um, to know that there are sororities for people who aren't super social. Um, because I've like, throughout high school I've just said like no that's not for me because I don't I'm not super social I'm not a social butterfly but hearing that there are groups for people like me um so that maybe I will consider it um and I didn't know that rushing was a thing I didn't know that until today so thank you for educating me um I didn't know that you got to go around and see which people are for you and I didn't know that it's not a commitment because I thought like once you start looking you kind of have to you kind of have to be involved with it. So that's that's also really nice hearing that you have that flexibility. Um, so like Evelyn, you said, being in a fraternity, fraternity or a sorority is really expensive. Is it a drastic difference between like just room and board and then being in a fraternity or sorority? Is there like a drastic difference? Again, it depends on the school that you go to. I know plenty of people at Michigan State. I've talked to them about their dues, but the further south you go, it is more intense with sorority. Like, that's why I chose the one that I'm in because it's like very like under the radar, not as like crazy, like typical sorority type, but the houses are nicer. Just a bunch of different things are different. So the bill is very different. So again, only do that if you think that it's the right fit for you. Again, like you can do, you can go through Rush. That's, that was no cost to me. 
I could go through the whole rush process and figure out like, eh, it's not really for me and then be done with it. I could also join the sorority, do it for a semester and then like pay that money, obviously, but then realize, do I want to make this expense for eight more semesters? Probably not. And then be done with it. Or I could love it and then keep doing it over and over and then be done with it. So it's, it all comes down to the money aspect and if you really think that it's the right fit. So money is extremely important being an adult and managing your finances is probably something that not a lot of high schoolers have had to do just yet. Um, so currently, do you have a job and how are you managing your money? I actually just got a job. So I am currently working at St. Joe's Hospital. I'm a CNA on the med surge unit. So I'm super excited about that but I am mainly doing it. I'm not doing it for the money aspect of it. I'm doing it for patient care hours because I'm pre-PA. It's just a nice little plus that I can get paid for it. But I know plenty of people that have jobs and still are full-time students. It does depend on your major though. And if you have the time for it, because if I was doing like, if I was biochem, like I was last year, like taking me back to freshman year, there's no way that I could sustain a job and be a full-time student in that aspect. But one of my roommates whose business, she would like, she could do a job like three days a week and be totally fine. And it all depends on it, like what you're paying for when, in terms of school, um, how much you want to spend per week on like groceries or like fun activities and stuff. And Honestly, if you want a job, like my parents never really gave me, um, they never really forced me to have a job or anything. They kind of persuaded me not to my freshman year, even though I kind of wanted to work. But it's, it's totally up to you, depending on if you have the time for it or not. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Um, my parents have kind of had me fo focus more on school and getting good grades as opposed to having a job and I really want a job but I also know that if I did have a job my grades probably would slip just a little bit um, because I'm, I don't have as much time obviously to study and do my homework and everything but Evelyn I'm really um, interested in being a CNA so what was that process like? like how did you become a CNA like was there a certification process that you had to go through and all of that? Yes there is. I the whole month of October, I took an online SRNA course, so like state registered nurse aide course through the University of Kentucky. It was actually, I learned it through my roommate because she's nursing and you have to do that course in order to move on into the school. So I took it with her. And then after I did my clinicals and everything for that, it took me about a month. I scheduled my test, which was in December. I took the test. It's like a written portion and then a portion of like actually doing the clinical skills and then you get certified and then I just started applying. So what I'd recommend because you are pre-PA, right? Or no, no, you're pre-med. Yeah, yeah. So if you want these like clinical hours and stuff, I'd recommend to not do it in like a nursing home or things like that. It definitely do it in a hospital if you have the chance to. Thank you for giving me that advice because I honestly wouldn't have even known that I could be a CNA. I really honestly just thought that was for nursing students. Um, so thank you for sharing that with me. I'll definitely have to look into that. Um, so Abby, what about you? How do you manage your finances as a college student? Um, so I kind of lucked out on this one, but my dad is a financial planner. So he's been very, very helpful and um, just like, you know, helping me keep track of a budget and all that kind of, all of those things. But um, I'm currently looking for jobs just because I, I didn't, I wanted to not have a job for a semester because a lot like you throughout high school, I worked here and there. I was a babysitter. I worked at Three Cedars for a while, but that was seasonal. So it was never like too consistent. Um, because I wanted to focus more on school and my parents thought that was a good idea for me too. And so the first semester I was like, I'm just gonna focus on getting adapted and into this new environment and figure out my schedule, figure out how I'm really managing classes. Um, and now it's like, okay, I think this could be manageable, but um, I, don't I don't necessarily think it's 
a requirement. Obviously, there's so many different factors that go into whether or not you should or shouldn't have a job. Um, but the cool thing is that a lot of places do have on-campus jobs and they're a lot more flexible with your hours because being a student comes first to them. Where if you start looking for places off campus, you can tell them what your availability is and it'll be up to them whether or not they want to hire you. But like right now I'm looking for something on campus just to get started so I know that I don't have to fear like things overlapping or running into class time or not working out. So, so I've had a job all through high school and I've obviously been doing POM all through high school as well as doing homework and assignments and with having a job like three four days a week I noticed that my grades did start to slip and I was focusing on my job and my sport other than school so Evelyn how do you manage your time and how do you balance school and work? Honestly, I don't think I'd be able to do my job if COVID wasn't a thing because I work on Thursdays. So I do, and it's a 12 hour shift. So I wouldn't be able to do my classes and stuff that day anyways. And most of my classes are asynchronous, but I could also work on the weekends. So I'm honestly, I'm honestly kind of a bad person to ask. I do know I can go... I can go off with my sister though. My sister works in one of the dorms and she's a full-time college student and she actually goes to Purdue. So she's able to work in one of the dorms and she is able to do some of her classes cause she's just doing like a little desk job. So she takes her time sometimes to wait for some of her homework things and she just does that at her job. So, because I'm like, I shouldn't even have the job that I have now if COVID wasn't a thing. <laughs> No, I just think it's really important for students to be able, that do have a job, to be able to manage their time if they are in sports too, especially, because they have all this stuff going on. And going back to the planner thing, I feel like you just need to plan out your day. What days do I have work? What days do I have this sport? Which days do I have school? Um, yeah, so I think... Evelyn, even though maybe you aren't the best person to ask, but it's good also knowing that, you know, if we do go into college with COVID being still a part of our lives, hopefully it's not, um, maybe that will open more doors for us because maybe we will have more time to maybe experiment with having a job. Um, and it, it is probably different for everybody, depending on how rigorous your job is, how often you have to work. Um, but probably, I'm not Obviously, I'm not a college student, so I wouldn't know, but probably starting off with a job on campus is probably the best way to go. Probably your second semester, just so you can like learn what college life is all about and make sure that you have the time to commit to a job. Um, is there any other advice that you have for high school students before going into college that you think we should know? One of my favorite pieces of advice, this isn't from me, but it's from one of my old professors. And when I was a freshman, he was kind of giving advice to everyone for like getting involved and to get involved in three different aspects. So one being something that applies to your major or your future career, something that benefits you socially and something that gets you involved in the community. So for me, I am in pre-PA club because I am a pre-PA student. And we do a bunch of different things with like shadowing and like talking to different PAs, which is super helpful. Um, something that benefits me socially, obviously my sorority, but there's also different like volunteer aspects that I enjoy out of it. And getting involved in the community. I'm involved in um, Campus Kitchen. So it's basically taking food from like the Kroger nearby and bringing it back and like recovering it and bringing it back to UK's campus. So when you're, Starting as a freshman, there's a lot of different ways that you can get involved, but I definitely try to hit those three. I think that is really good advice because personally, I'm struggling, you know, just adapting to a new environment, um, whether I choose to go to a big school or a small school. So I feel like you guys really helped me out and Allie. <laughs> um, and thank you for everyone for tuning into the Behind the Bar podcast. And thank you to our amazing guests, Evelyn and Abby, um, for joining us here today to shed some light on what it's like being a college student.
Yeah, thank you so much for doing this for us. You guys are going to be so successful in whatever you end up doing. Um, we respect you guys so much and we think you are so well-spoken and just wonderful people in general, which is why we wanted you here. Um, so make sure that you are on the lookout for our future podcasts and we'll see you all next time. This is your host, Allison Firstenau. And your co-host, Kenzie Pagels. Lines out. Thank you.